Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. 1 Peter 2.2 is our text, and our subject is spiritual growth. So if you find 1 Peter 2, verse 2, we'll read the text, and then we'll pray. 1 Peter 2, verse 2, we'll read the text, and then we'll pray. As newborn babes desire the sincere milk of the Word, that ye may grow thereby. Our Heavenly Father, we thank You for Your Holy Word, and we know that we can trust our lives to its provisions. We thank You for ears to hear, hearts to receive, minds that are open, as we, as an act of our will, set ourselves to receive from Your Holy Written Word. Holy Spirit, thank You for enlarging our capacity to receive revelation knowledge, wisdom, understanding, and ability of all the things that pertain to life and godliness, that our faith would stand not in the wisdom of men, but in the power of the living God. And Father, I personally thank you for utterance in the Holy Ghost to boldly proclaim the truth of your word in the power of the Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. How many of you know that the Father wants all of his children to grow up spiritually? Amen. Every single one of us, he wants to grow up spiritually. Why? Well, in order for, to fulfill the internal and external purpose of our being, we must grow spiritually. Should Jesus tarry, there's a lot of work to be done within the framework of the body of Christ so that the church itself can be a spiritual church. When people are not spiritual, when they don't grow and develop spiritually, it affects the lives of other people, and then the church is in a carnal state. When the church is in a carnal state, it's very difficult for the work of God to be done upon the earth. When people of God are not grown spiritually, they can hinder the cause of Christ and the work of God rather than promote it upon the earth. So he wants us to grow up spiritually so that the internal purpose of our being can be accomplished and also for the external purpose for our being. God wants us to reach out to a lost and dying world. And to do that, it requires great faith. I said it requires great faith. I'll say it again. It requires great faith. To reach out there and evangelize the world in which we live, we must attain to great faith. It's a great job. It's a great task. It requires great faith. And so God wants us to grow up spiritually. Another reason why is because Jesus is coming back for a glorious church without spot and without wrinkle. And that means He wants us to grow and develop spiritually. Now, we're not going to get everything out as far as doctrinal differences and all that is concerned. But we can come to terms of agreement when it comes to the major issues of redemption. We believe the blood of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only sacrifice accepted by the Father of God for, for the redemption of all mankind. Can you say amen? Then we can fellowship with one another around that. Amen? We certainly can. And so we can come to agreement when it comes to that. We know the name of the Lord Jesus Christ is the only name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. And we can agree on that. He's looking for a church to get out all the spots and all the wrinkles. In other words, to go through the washing process and also ironing. He wants us to be washed and ironed. Praise God so that when He comes, we're all set. Can you say amen? amen. That's what He wants. Well, how many of you know that the devil opposes our spiritual growth and development? Wake up. Did you know that? You're aware of that? Absolutely. We have an adversary. It'd be easy to grow and develop spiritually if it were not for forces of opposition coming against us to prevent that from happening. He wants to promote His work upon the earth. We want to promote the work of God. And so we're in head-to-head -head competition and battle. We're involved in spiritual warfare. 
The kingdom of darkness wants to control things here upon this earth. But praise God, Jesus wants us to continue His work here upon this earth, enforcing the devil's defeat and His victory here in this realm of life. We are a triumphant church. Not a defeated people. A triumphant church. The one that's defeated is the devil. Jesus overcame him. He undid, outdid, overdid all the works of the devil. He gave us the victory. We are the victorious church, thank God. We are the church triumphant, and we can walk in the power of that victory. If we'll just learn who we are, what we have, and grow up spiritually. See, the devil knows there's a tremendous difference between what God can do through a people who is spiritual or spiritually mature and a people who is Unmature, immature rather, spiritually. If the people of God are immature spiritually, he knows that God is limited as to what he can do through their lives. But when the people of God become spiritually mature, then he can do great and mighty things. And so he knows that, and so he opposes our spiritual growth and our development. Turn with me, if you would, please, to Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16. And let me state that for in order, in order for us to grow spiritually... We have got to understand the fact that we are engaged in spiritual warfare. Now, I taught some of this on Wednesday night. I'm not going to get into any depth here this morning. I'll review a few points that I made. But it ties into spiritual growth and development. And so I thought I'd be wise to enlighten all of us concerning our spiritual warfare. Since the devil opposes our spiritual growth and development and God promotes it, we are engaged in spiritual warfare. He does not want us to grow up and we want to grow up because God wants us to grow up. So we have to understand what our spiritual warfare is and what it involves in order for us to grow up spiritually. And number one, it involves self. In Galatians chapter 5 and verse 16, we read, This I say, then walk in the Spirit, and ye shall not fulfill the lusts of the flesh. For the flesh lusts against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. Now, I'd like to read that to you from the Amplified Bible, if I may. It says in verse 17, Galatians 5, The desires of the flesh are opposed to the spirit, and the desires of the spirit are opposed to the flesh, or godless human nature. For these are antagonistic to each other, continually withstanding and in conflict with each other, so that you are not free, but are prevented from doing what you desire to do. So can you see right there that we have forces opposing us when it comes to our growth and development? We have a warfare with self. That's part of our spiritual warfare. We want to do from our spirit what God wants us to do. We want to grow. We want to develop. And we want to act like Christ here upon this earth and be spiritually mature. But we have forces within our human makeup that are attempting to gain control over our lives. It's, it's almost like a, a, a struggle, you know, for power. A power struggle in our lives. The flesh wants to dominate and rule, but the spirit wants to dominate and rule. And it's up to us as to what we are going to do. Are we going to, after we've been born again as a newborn baby in Christ, desire the sincere milk of the word that we may grow? Or are we going to let our flesh dominate us and keep us in bondage and control us so that we do not grow and the church of God is spiritually immature? Well, my prayer is that we grow and develop spiritually and make a decisive dedication of our bodies and faculty members to that effect. Because God wants us to be a spiritual organism here upon this church, on this earth, carrying out His plan for the church in this age. That's what He wants. And in order for that to be accomplished, we must recognize we are in conflict even with ourselves, with our makeup of spirit, soul, and body. It involves struggling against And write down some of these things. I think it will be helpful to you. The unsanctified ego. The unsanctified ego. 
It involves struggling against the carnal mind. The carnal mind is enmity against God. It is not in agreement with the things of God. It opposes the things of God. So it's a struggle for us to renew the mind and maintain spiritual thinking. That's a struggle in all of our lives. Also, it involves laziness of body. No, your body's not lazy spiritually, is it? If you're honest, it is. The body does not want to do the things of God. The body does not want to serve God. There's a warfare. There's a struggle. There's a power struggle. The, the body wants to be in control. But the spirit wants to be in control. Which way will be swayed? Toward the body, toward the flesh, or toward the spirit, the things of God? Well, it's up to us. The battleground or the battlefield is in the mind. What are we yielding our minds to? That's what spiritual growth is and development is. Spiritual maturity is this. The spirit man, through the renewed mind... Keeping the body under. Carnality is this. The flesh through the unrenewed mind. Keeping the spirit under or in bondage. There's a power struggle. There's conflict. There's a warfare that we're engaged in. It's up to us whether or not we're going to be spiritual or carnal. Also negative motives and attitudes. Also the uncontrolled tongue. If a man does not control his tongue, then the Bible says he is spiritually immature. But the one who controls his tongue is mature spiritually. Evil tendencies, all kinds of temptations, guilt, low self-esteem, uncontrolled emotions such as anger and passion. All these things make up the conflict or the warfare that we have with self. What's the remedy to that? Well, Romans 12, 1 and 2, just write down the scripture. You don't have to turn to it right now. Look it up later. There's room for you on the back of the bulletin to take notes. And I suggest you take notes. But I'm going to tell you something right now. I suggest you take notes and get serious with God. Don't let these words fall by the wayside. Take heed as to what you hear and how you hear it and put these truths inside the heart. Young people, likewise. This is not a time to play games with God. This is a time to be serious with God and, and really show whose side you're on. Get serious with God. Don't ride the fence. Get on God's side and stay firm. And don't move. Walk with Him. You'll be blessed. Romans 12, 1 and 2 reveal to us a need that we have. We must present our bodies to God... As a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable, which is our reasonable service. That's something that we do to overcome this battle in the, of the flesh. And don't be conformed to this world, but transformed by the renewing of the mind. We must do something with our bodies. We must do something with our minds. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God that are pulling down the satanic strongholds. How do we do that? Casting down thoughts and imaginations that exalt themselves against the knowledge of God. Bring the captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. That's a part of our spiritual growth and development. And the Apostle Paul said in 1 Corinthians 9.27, he said, Look, when I preach to others, unless I keep my body under, I myself will be a castaway. So in other words, it's our responsibility and duty as believers to do something with the body, to do something with the soul. Because if we don't keep under the body and bring in the subjection to the spirit, to the renewed mind, then the body will hold the spirit in bondage. And that's a carnal Christian, somebody who is not going to make any spiritual progress, somebody who's not going to be usable for the Lord as He wants to use them. I could spend all day on that, but I don't want to. So let's go to the next one. Matthew chapter 5, verse 44 through 48. You'll find here another aspect of our spiritual warfare involves other people. Others, people around us, our neighbors. People that we associate with at work and, and all kinds of people that we come into contact on a day-by-day -day basis. That's a part of spiritual warfare. And we need to know what to do in order to grow and develop spiritually. In this text, Jesus is pointing out the fact that believers need to walk in love.
spiritual growth involves walking in love, being led by love, love-led, love-guided, love-controlled, even when it comes to the unlovely. God wants us to love even the unlovely. How many of you know that? God wants us to love people that are not really lovable. But you see, that's a part of spiritual growth and development. And I'll tell you what, that's a part of our spiritual warfare because we'll struggle against a lot of things in so doing. And here, let's read the text first. But I say to you, love your enemies, bless them that curse you, Matthew 5, 44. Do good to them that hate you, pray for them that would spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be children of your Father which is in heaven. He makes the sun to rise on the evil, on the good, sends rain on the just and the unjust. If you love them which love you, what reward have you? Do not even the publicans the same? If you salute your brethren only, what do you more than others? Do you, not even the publicans so? Be ye therefore spiritually mature, even as your Father which is in heaven is spiritually mature. This is a part, of, a part of spiritual maturity we have to be familiar with because you're not going to overcome this just through prayer alone. You're not going to develop in this just through prayer alone. It involves actions on our part. What are we going to do? Beloved, when you make a decisive dedication to walk in love, to be love-led, love-guided, love-controlled, you're going to have to struggle against some emotions that rise up inside you. Because when people hurt you, and people can be hurtful, and your enemies come against you and are hateful towards you, the Bible says to do good to them that do evil to you. Pray for those that despitefully use you and persecute you. And what about those that speak evil of you? Do you speak well of them? See, if you don't, if you're not practicing that, you're not developing spiritually. God's not going to be able to use you like He wants to. Even when it comes to our enemies, God wants us to develop spiritual maturity. And this is how we overcome. And this is how we deal with people that hate us. And if we don't do it, beloved, then we're not going to grow spiritually. And you know what? We'll be affected by it. They don't care. You'll be affected by it. What will I struggle against? Feelings of resentment. Feelings of bitterness. Feelings of unforgiveness. You'll struggle against those things. Because everything inside you will want to scream out, don't forgive that person. Be bitter toward that person. And all that. But no, you can't let your flesh win the power struggle. You've got to let your spirit, man, gain the ascendancy. Don't let your flesh rise up and dominate. Let your spirit, man, have the ascendancy. Let love rule. Let love guide you, lead you. And you'll be better off. The cause of Christ will be better off. The body of Christ will be better off. And praise God, you'll pour heaping coals of fire on those that come against you. And you know what? It'll be a tool in the hand of God to draw them into salvation. Amen. Get excited about these things. This is the Word of God. It's important to you and important to me. Can you say amen? Are you awake out there? These are truths that we have to realize God wants us to walk in. Number three. Go to Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 with me if you would, please. Another aspect of our spiritual warfare involves... The church. The church? Absolutely. The church. If the devil doesn't want the church to grow up spiritually, what's he going to do? Influence people that are carnal to have their way. That's what he's going to do. To prevent spiritual growth from within. To bring division. Because in, a, in division, in an environment of division, there's confusion in every evil work. He has his way. And God does not have his way. Notice verse 11. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some pastors, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Why? For the spiritual maturity of the saints. For the work of the ministry. For the edifying of the body of Christ. Let's read it all first through 16. 
Till we all come in the unity of the faith, knowledge of the Son of God, to a perfect man, or spiritually mature man, under the measure of the stature of the fullness of all robbers. I'm sorry. That says Kennedy Hagan. Did I hear her preach it, brother? Get your eyes off a of man. I'll tell you what, if there's anything the church needs to do today is get our eyes off of man and men. Get your eyes on Jesus. That's why the church is not growing spiritually. Get their eyes on man, not Jesus. Jesus is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Jesus is our example. Jesus is the one who is our faithful witness who loved us and died for us. Let Jesus be Lord over our lives. And if we'll do that, beloved, we'll grow spiritually. You'll set everybody else's pet doctrine and, and opinions aside, and you'll look and see what Jesus said, and you'll walk in the light of that no matter what a man does. Hallelujah. And people won't fall just because somebody else falls. They want to fall, let them fall. We'll still walk with Jesus. Hallelujah. Glory be to our God. He is our example. That we henceforth be no more children. See, he's talking about spiritual maturity. Being tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, cunning craftiness, were by the lion weight to deceive. But speaking the truth in love, may grow up in him, into him in all things. From whom the whole body, fitly joined together, compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual work in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body, the edifying of itself in love. Do you see what he did? He provided a means whereby the body can edify itself in love, be built up itself in love. And if it's not happening, if it's not happening, stand up and say, it's my fault. Come on out there. I don't know what's happening in that body. It doesn't seem like it. It's their fault. I said, it's your fault. Want me to get bold? Sometimes our young people think that they need to be entertained. I'll tell you what. When you get to be 20 years old, you find out that life's not one big entertainment. It's not one big playground of entertainment and social activity. You know what you find out? Work. You can't report off of work like you report off of school and expect payday. Come on now. Work. The people of God need to work together. I'll tell you what, I said it before. I was 27 years old, pastoring this church. Some 27 years old, wonder, what's life all about? I'll tell you what life is all about. Work. Labor. Serving God. Knowing God. There's an eternity. Escape damnation. There's a hell to sell to heaven to gain. Get with it. Wake up. It's not a playground. It's a battlefield. Can you say amen? I said, can you say amen? Hallelujah. We're on our way to victory, to glory. We know where we're hidden. We know where we came from. We know where we're at. We're on solid ground. We're on the rock. But you don't understand, Pastor. I need to be entertained in order to be in church. I need to be entertained in order you know, to serve God. No, you don't. You need to be serious. I said you need to be serious with God. And when you get serious with God, God will get serious with you. Put good friends around you. Associate with good friends. Walk in the light of the Word of God and stick together and stand strong. And you know what? Be a leader for Christ. But you don't understand. I'm just 21 years old. It doesn't matter how old you are. It's time that we begin to put truth inside people and let them realize what this is all about. Grow spiritually from a young age. When you get older, you won't have to face the difficulties that some people face because of not knowing Christ and not growing in the Word. Can you say amen? God wants us to maintain strong relationships within the body of Christ. Why? Because if we'll do that, beloved, then we'll have a place where people can grow and develop spiritually. 
If we'll do that, we'll have a place where the people of God will allow the power of God to be made manifest, where God can move and do great signs and wonders. If we'll do that, we'll have a place where people of God will be motivated and excited about saving the lost and reaching out to the community. But when people are not concerned about spiritual growth and development as defined by the Scriptures... They're just concerned about having their own little picnic, own little party, doing things the way they want to do within the church. Beloved, let's grow up. We have a great commission to fulfill. If we'll get mature on the inside, it'll be, we'll be more effective in reaching people on the outside. And stop all the nonsense on the inside and start reaching out to a lost and dying community because that's what we're here for, to be the light of the world, the salt of the earth. And if we're not being that, beloved, then we're not fulfilling our great commission that, that God has called us to and given uh, to us to fulfill. Well, beloved, I think it's time to wake up and rise up. What do you think? The move is on. God is moving by His Spirit. It's time for us to, to, to wake up, rise up, and be a person to say, I want to be used of God. Young person out there, I want you to say it today. I will be used of God. I will be used of God. God wants to use me. Let's all say that. God wants to use me. Say it again. God wants to use me. Well, what are we struggling against then? Well, beloved... Write it down. Make note of it. You want something to pray about? Write this down. Number one. Internally, we struggle against lethargy. A lethargic people. Falling asleep when it comes to the things of God. Being unaware of what God is doing. A spirit of disinterest coming upon people. Going through the motion of church, but not the power and the enthusiasm and the reality of a life-changing God. We're a living organism. We're not dead. Our God's alive. He reigneth. But He reigns supreme upon my heart and your heart. Man, get enthused, people of God. Get excited, people of God, because God is on the move. Let's flow with Him and let's move with Him. And great and mighty things will, will be the result. What else? Number two, discontent. Discontent. It's easy to become discontent. And when that happens, we lose focus, beloved. We lose focus. Dissatisfied, discontent. I took my children. Sometimes we'll go out bowling or something like that. And I won't mention names. Sometimes I get, you know, I get raked over the coals. <laughs> oh, Lord. Anyhow, one of mine said, I'm a little bit discouraged with his performance. And after it was all over, I said, um, discouraged, huh? Dissatisfied, huh? Yeah. I said, may I draw your attention, son, to the fact that today you bowled your highest game ever. And he stopped and looked at me and said, I did? He said, yeah, you beat it by one pin. What were you so controlled by? What were you so overcome with? Because you see, he did poorly before that, but then in his last game, he, he beat his record. And still that wasn't exciting to him because he didn't even recognize that he did. You know how easy it is to lose sight of things? Things happen and people fail to realize where you've come from and where you're at right now. Open up the eyes, beloved. When I told him that, his whole countenance changed. I did. I did. I beat it. You're right. That's the highest score. Do you see that? Then all of a sudden, nothing changed as far as the score was concerned. His focus changed. He was no longer dissatisfied. No longer discontent. Beloved, things are happening right under our nose, but we can't see it. 
Why? Because a spirit of dissatisfaction come upon people. And when it does, they don't even see good things that happen. Great things are happening. Glorious things are taking place. Open up the eyes and begin to see and be a part of it. And I'll tell you what, you'll come out from among all that other stuff and you'll, get, you'll join in what God is doing and you'll be a participant. You'll get involved with it once again. Your spirit will get excited. I'll tell you what, it'll do you good. It'll do the work of God good upon this earth. Discontent is something that has to be dealt with all the time. And you have to deal with it, and so do I. Dual vision within a body. Seeing things differently, causing dual vision within a local body. And for the most part, it's because people are not willing to humble themselves before God and get together on on issues and certain things. And beloved, I'll tell you what, we need more humbling in the body of Christ. We need more humbling in the body of Christ because even though we we may not see things exactly the same, beloved, there's no room for being of a disagreeable spirit. I'm going to say that again. There's no room for being of a disagreeable spirit. You know what it does to babes in Christ who come in and hear of discontent and, and disagreeableness of spirit? Do you know what happens to them? It impairs their spiritual growth and development. So why, you know, why is it that people don't realize that? And for the sake of the babes in Christ, keep your criticisms to yourself. Oh my. Preach it, brother. Keep your criticisms to yourself and stop putting and heaping all that stuff on these young babes in Christ and let them think that all is well. And then when they get a little bit bigger, they'll be able to handle what takes place in a local body. Can you say amen? And that's the truth. And that's the gospel, whether we want to admit to it or not. Discontent. See, it's a struggle to maintain loving relationships with people because people have all kinds of different ideas. Now, notice here. Let's look at the scripture for this next one, because this is one that, that he speaks out against sharply. That we henceforth, verse 14, Henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro, carried about with every wind of doctrine. One of the most difficult things, a tremendous battle, a struggle against in the body of Christ, is the winds of doctrine that come down the turnpike. Who gets off on this? Who gets off on that? You know where you're going to have your problems? You know, when it comes to prayer, who believes you're supposed to pray this way? Who believes you're supposed to pray that way? And you have all kinds of confusion and all kinds of division. And there's an area where, there, you know, this doctrine or that doctrine. And, and it causes much division and, and heartache and hurt in, in the body of Christ. Music ministry is another ministry where there's a lot of problem, a lot of difficulty within the body of Christ. Because of unsanctified eagles and wrong motives and wrong attitudes and wrong desires. And, you know, and, and sometimes even being a fake when it comes to, to giving out, uh, you know, of what you have. All those things, these things are important if we're going to promote spiritual growth and development. And if you want to be usable, beloved, you know what you have to do? You have to make yourself usable. If you want to be used of God, you have to make yourself usable. If I want to be used of God, I've got to make myself usable. God will use me only to the degree I make myself usable. And if I don't give myself to Him and do something with self and do something with what I believe, how I believe, and my attitudes that I have, then God's not going to be able to use me as He wants to. So, beloved, it's important that each and every one of us recognize this. Don't get carried away by every wind of doctrine that comes down the pike and then start to, you know, see to it that you get your views incorporated into what's going on. That may happen down the road somewhere. If it's of the Lord. But if it's not, then praise God, you'd be blessed that you didn't open up and say things because now you won't be embarrassed. Boy, it gets quiet. That's good preaching whether we think so or not. Because it's the truth. Okay, what else? Well, 
if we are going to be the organism of love that God wants us to be, look at verse 16, then we are going to have to recognize the fact that the whole body has got to be fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplies. And that means you. What do I have to offer? What do I have to give? There comes a time that one must make a decision that while I am a part of a local body, I have something to offer, I have something to give. If what you have to offer is negative attitudes, negative criticism, if what you have to offer is negative words to go forth to sow discord among the brethren, the people of God, because of some attitude of discontent or whatever, beloved, you are not contributing to the cause of Christ within that local body. If you see things differently and you feel justifiably so, and it's your desire then to implement those ideas or whatever or the differences that you may have, if they cannot be conveyed properly to the administration of the church, of the local body, then if you feel you have to find another place to attend worship, that's fine. But don't leave sown words of discord behind you and a path of destruction that will destroy the work of God. you know why? Because... Believe me, there'll be demerits also when you get into glory for that kind of work. See, beloved, we can be a positive or a negative influence for God here upon this earth. And all that spells out one thing, spiritual immaturity. Let your words be words of faith. Let them be of a positive attitude. And if you see areas of lacking, no matter where that area may be, it is your responsibility and duty as a child of the Most High God, if you really are sensitive to the move of God and Spirit of God, to lay down on your face before the Most High God and begin to pray. Pray, pray, pray. Prayer will support that work. And never, never speak out words to this effect. Oh, they're not going to make it. They're going to go under. And it's not going to go over. Beloved, all that is of a rebellious spirit. Because let me say this, although there may be those that would speak out words like that, I want you to know something. The Lord Jesus Christ is speaking out, you're going to make it, and you're going to go over. So either hook up with God, and if, like I'm saying, if you have a disagreeable spirit, then find another place to worship and fellowship, but don't be disagreeable in spirit. That's how it is. That's what the body of Christ is all about. That's the way it works. The whole body has something to provide something to give so that we can be compacted by that which implieth according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, making increase of the body under the edifying of itself in love. And let me state one more thing as I'm talking along those lines, beloved. The things that people see or, or sense in spirit may be true, but you have an improper perception of why those things are happening. If you see a lacking in this part of the ministry or that part of the ministry, it's not good to talk negative about any part of the ministry. It's good to be of a positive nature and speak truth and speak the Word of God to put something into it because you do not know what happens in the lives of the people that are involved in that ministry. Amen. You do not know the struggle, the battle, the warfare, or whatever is the cause. I would hate to think that if people that serve God, that know God, that love God, that have walked with God, that have demonstrated the power of God, are going through a bad time of difficulty in their lives, I would not want to think that there would be people within that body speaking out against them and speaking out to their destruction and detriment.
Beloved, I'll tell you what, I don't know what the mentality is, but I say it's time the church get not carnally minded, but spiritually minded and begin to speak right things. To be of one mind, of one accord, and speak the truth in love that we may grow up and provide what is necessary. Because, beloved, I've seen it where people have devoted their lives, they've given of themselves, and then they encountered a difficulty in their own life. And it was evident because of, you see, it may be the lack of the anointing or whatever taking place. And you know what? People talk about that instead of support them in, in faith and love, to uphold them. Yet they gave of themselves to help countless untold people, and yet there they were in need. And you know what people did? Talked about them. They don't count it anymore. Beloved, that's wrong. That's wrong. That's wrong. No matter what. Because you don't know what people encounter in their lives. You know, people in the ministry can hurt too. That they have feelings and emotions and can be hurt too. That's when it's time to support people, beloved. Not to put people down. Amen. The whole body has something good to provide. Something good to offer. I tell you, I sense something in my spirit right now. I sense a need in my spirit for people to repent for speaking out bad things and speaking out wrong things. For negative attitudes and negative motives. I believe that. I believe that from the depth of my being. Because those things have been contributing, you see, to negative things happening. Start speaking the right things and right things will happen. Glorious things will happen. Hallelujah. I don't know why we got off on that, but we did. And I believe it was of the Lord. Okay, and the purpose of the fivefold ministry is stated right here. Number one, for the maturing of the saints. Let's go back up to verse 12. Why did he give apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, teachers? Everybody say, for the maturing of the saints. Say it again. For the maturing of the saints. Let's say it this way, make it more personal, so that I would grow up. See, so that I would grow up spiritually. That's why he provided the fivefold ministry for me to grow up. And if I'm not growing up, something is wrong. And we like to point out and put the blame on the fivefold ministry. But in reality, is, the, is it the fault of the fivefold ministry? Or is it the fault of the individual? God provided that so that what was provided would help us grow up. If I don't grow up, it's my own fault. I'm to desire the milk of the Word that I would grow thereby. People can't make me grow up. I can grow up as I yield myself to what I hear. Do you know whether or not you will receive from any ministry that is determined by you? I've had people come and say, well, I, I think I can learn anything from you. Well, you know why? Because you're not listening. You're so caught up with what you think and your thoughts and opinions, people are not listening to what God would have to say. And I'll be quite frank about it. In some cases, I think Jesus could sit and talk to people and they still wouldn't listen. And that's an amen. amen. No, I tell you what, if, if we would have our eyes open up, if we would go to church and if we'd stand there and say, Oh Lord God Almighty, I am here, your child. I open up my being to you. Pour your spirit out upon me and reveal great and mighty things to me. You would get something. Amen. Amen. See, it's not all one just saying, Well now, Oh Lord, give me a mouthful of utterance that I may boldly proclaim the truth and the power of the Spirit. That's one aspect of it. But what about the other? You can learn something valuable and vital to your spiritual survival if you'll just go with a proper attitude of heart and of mind. Anywhere you go, you can get some truth. Don't be pessimistic. Be an optimist. Be one that says, you know what? I can get something no matter what. 
I'll get something, even from a negative, I'll get a positive about it because God will make it that way. He'll turn around for my good that I can see something clearly that will be good in my life. Also, no, let, me, let me say this before I move on. Let, let's, let's say some things here about growing up spiritually. He wants us to mature spiritually. Everything within the framework of the Apollonian Epistle spells out one thing. Clean up and grow up. You've been born again. You're a child of God. It's time to clean up and grow up. When we start looking about all the faults and failures of people all around us, we st- stop looking at self. And when we stop looking at self, we stop growing spiritually. We are limited. We have peaked when it comes to our spiritual maturity because now we've fallen back into spiritual immaturity, sowing discord, speaking out false things, speaking out things based on partial information and not getting the true spirit of what's happening. People have failed to grow then in their spiritual walk. So everything spells out grow up as you clean up, grow up into the unity of the faith because God wants people to come together in the unity of the faith. That's what he is looking for. A place of harmonious agreement, one with the other, flowing together in harmony where God can move mightily and more people can come in and grow up and develop spiritually. For the maturing of the saints, also notice, for the work of the ministry. Make notes here of these things. He wants us to grow up because there's a work that has to be done. It's called the work of the ministry. You know, it's not just ministers that perform the work of the ministry. The fivefold ministry was provided to do what? To mature the saints so the saints can be involved in the work of the ministry. The salvation of the lost. Helping others who are just being born again to grow, to develop by their example. That's exactly what God is looking for. That should be our goal. That should be our aim. To grow and develop spiritually, internally, so we can help babes who come in to really know God intimately and fellowship with Him and find their will, His will for their lives. That's what God wants. So He wants us to be mature because there is much work to be done, whether it's internal or externally. And also, beloved, if we will raise up within our midst a people of of God that are mature, can you imagine what effect it will have on the world as they go forth, not looking for personal gain, but they go forth in the power of the Spirit, educated, taught, spiritually, motivated, and begin to reach a lost and dying and needy world out there with the gospel, the true gospel, and the message of the Lord Jesus Christ. It will be an effective thing that will be done out there as we send those kind of people out to reach this world for Jesus. Okay? Now, another thing. If this is the case that He wants us to be mature for the work of the ministry, then I must make myself usable to God. If there's work to be done and I want to be used... Make note of this. Then God uses those that make themselves usable. Make a decision today. I desire to be used of the Lord. Therefore, I will put forth the energy necessary to be usable. I will be usable unto God. God can use me. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2, Let all those that name the name of Christ depart from iniquity, for in the house of God there are those that are vessels of honor and vessels of dishonor. God wants us to set aside certain things, certain things. Why? So that we can be usable. He says, set aside certain lusts and other things so that we can be meet or prepared for the Master's use. God wants to use all of us. Say it again. God wants to use me. Therefore... I must make myself usable. 
See, that's not something anybody can do. A vessel of honor and a vessel of dishonor is determined by the individual. If I want to be a vessel of dishonor, all I've got to do is begin sowing seeds of discord among the brethren, speaking out my negative thoughts, my negative attitudes. All I've got to do is nothing about myself and about my fleshly desires rising up to control my spirit, my carnal mind being unrenewed to the ways of God, the purposes of God, the plan of God, and the love law of God, walking in my own lower base nature. If that's all I want to do with myself, I can have talent unlimited. I can have all kinds of ability. I can be loaded with talent, skills that are godly, that God gave me, God-given skills and talents and abilities. But you know what? I can be limited and will be limited by my spiritual immaturity. Loaded with talent, limited by spiritual immaturity. Can you explain that? What do you mean by that? The work of the ministry has to be done, beloved. But remember, God does it through people. You can be the greatest of all singers. I mean, the greatest of all singers with the most wonderful, marvelous voice. But spiritual immaturity is a simple thing like this here. You're scheduled to sing a song on a Sunday morning or a Sunday evening or a Wednesday night or whenever it is, whatever it is. And all of a sudden, as we begin to flow with God, the service doesn't go that way. And because it doesn't go that way, you don't get to sing your song. Now, let me find out whether or not you're spiritually mature. Do you pop for a week? Do you go home and put your you know, hand, head on your hands between your, on your knees and sit there with your head hung low, pouting for a week because I didn't get to sing my song? Get that ego sanctified. An unsanctified ego will not go anywhere with God. You can have all kinds of talents and abilities, but beloved, if you don't do something about self, about wrong motives, wrong attitudes, wrong desires, about being real with God, and I mean being a real person, someone who genuinely knows God, flows with God. You think people can't see that? People can see that. No matter who you are, what your background is, where you come from, people can see that. I tell you, you can lack with, with talent and ability, and if you know God, and if you have a right, humble heart before God, He can use you. Oh, He can take care of that. Moses says, well, how am I going to speak? He says, don't be concerned about that. I'll take care of that. Oh, and Isaiah said, I'm a man of unclean lips. He says, don't be concerned about that. I'll get a coal off the fire. Mmm, hallelujah. He liked that. He, you know, he says to some people, if they had said, Isaiah, I want to use you, they said, yeah, I'm ready to speak, Lord. He would have said, I'm a man of unclean lips. That's what I'm saying. Those that are that way, they don't recognize or realize their need to be sanctified in their ego. But those that would humble themselves and say, you want me to go, Lord? Well, I'm going to tell you something right now, Lord. I don't care how much talent or ability I have or how I can do things. I don't have any great oratorical. Whatever I have, it even counted good. The Apostle Paul says, all, all that I have, I count but loss. He humbled himself to that extent. All that I know, all that I have, this was a learned man. I count it loss to gain the excellency of the knowledge of Christ. I'm not going out there on my abilities and talents. I'm going out there with you on the inside. With you enhancing everything that you've given me in the natural. By the power, by the anointing of your spirit and of your might. And anything lacking in my life, I'll tell you what, you take the fire from off the coal, uh, the coal from off the fire. I'll tell you what, you send the firing flame of your holiness and burn up the chaff in my life because I know there's a long way for me to go to develop into the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. I want my heart motives, my attitudes to be sanctified before you and my ego and everything else so that all that I do is pure, genuine, and holy before you, Father God. Hallelujah. See, if we'll do that and humble ourselves, then God will be able to use us. He'll be able to use us 
As a matter of fact, I want to share another scripture in connection with that. John chapter 15, verse 5. John chapter 15 and verse 5. Here's why. We must maintain this type of an attitude to be a vessel of honor before God so that He can use us. God can use you right here where you're at. God can use you to promote His work right here where you're at. You can be a positive influence for God, not a negative influence for God, if you'll just recognize the need to grow and develop spiritually and begin to flow with what God is doing and to draw from your life from the vine. Beloved, God wants us to first draw our life from the vine that we may go forth and produce His fruit upon this earth. It doesn't matter what kind of talent you have, what kind of ability you have, or anything like that. What matters is where are you drawing your life from? Are you operating in that life or or in the lower base life? Your own desire for, for gain or your own desire to promote things. Look at John chapter 15. Verse 1, I am the vine, my father is the husbandman. Every branch of me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purges it, that it may bring forth more fruit. Now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except that abide in the vine. No more can ye except ye abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. Say it with me. Without him... I can do nothing. Without Him, I can do nothing. I'm telling you, you can sing the most fabulous song. And I'll tell you, it it, it can even appeal to the emotions of people. But without Him, there's not that anointing. There's not that power. And you can do nothing to promote the work of God here upon the earth. You could be of one who is humble before God and not be that greatly talented and you'll proclaim the truth or sing out and the anointing of God will carry you. You're drawing your life from the vine and in Him you'll do great and mighty things. It depends on where you're drawing your life from. If you're drawing it from the vine, you'll produce the fruit of the vine. You'll become a productive fruit-bearing branch in the vine. Hallelujah. And you'll put forth the glory and the power of God. There'll be tremendous works done here upon this earth and great rewards for you on the other side in glory. It pays, beloved, to be spiritually mature. It helps the cause of Christ upon this earth and it pays off individually. As an individual, if you will see to it that you promote your own spiritual growth and development and become usable for God. God can use you because you, you do something to control all these things we talked about that spell out spiritual immaturity. There will be great rewards for you. He can use you upon this earth. Great and mighty things will happen. And payday will come in your own life. And I mean rich dividends will be given to those that promote this in their lives and help the cause of Christ upon this earth. Now let me state something else. If you'll find 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 and verse 2, the Apostle Paul knew that within the framework of the body of Christ there would always be those that would oppose what's going on because people always don't see things eye to eye. Also because there are those that have their own ideas and opinions about how things should be done. Of course, a lot of that is based on information or or lack of information, I should say misinformation or lack of information, and it causes division. And when that happens, then then the work of God is undermined. Now, let let me point this out to you. Paul the Apostle knew this and he prayed. And he prayed for the people in verse 3. 
or verse 2 rather. Finally, brethren, let's verse one, for, verse 1 first. Finally, brethren, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorious or be glorified even as it is with you. Now, if you want a prayer to pray for those that are involved in the work of the ministry actively, he said, pray for us that the word of the Lord may have free course and be glorified even as it is with you. Now, notice this. And that we may be delivered from unreasonable and wicked men. When was the last time that you prayed for those in ministry that they would be delivered from unreasonable people? When was the last time you did that? Have you ever done it? If you've never done that, do you know that you can be the cause of people not going further in the things of God? Listen. Why did Paul pray that prayer? What's he talking about? Unreasonable people. Those that are given to a temperament of disharmony. You know, there are those that I, I've even talked to that said, well, God sends me from church to church to do this, 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 and this. And you know what? You don't like to say it and insult people like this. It's not God sending them to church to church to do this. It's the devil sending them to church to have a, to have a temperament of disharmony. You want to get down? Let's get down to brass tacks. Because you know why? They have no interest in that church but to go there, cause a, cause a ruckus, and then go away. Stir up this group, stir up that group, whatever. And then they leave, and before you know it, there you are left with all these undercurrents. Paul said, pray for me that I be delivered from unreasonable men. Men given over to a temperament of disharmony. Seeking their own cause and not the cause of Christ. Putting themselves in a supposed place of office or ministry and really not even flowing with the cause of Christ. With love in their heart for the people of God that they serve. Oh, beloved, there are things behind the scenes that people don't know that they're unaware of that take place in their own body and, and they conclude things that they should never conclude and have misunderstandings about things. Let me share something with you for an example. Um, we've had people come in and share and from the pulpit their ministry was absolutely phenomenal and you would think this is absolutely excellent, glorious. I mean, it, it's just how we'd like it to be and, and all that. But yet, why hasn't that person been back or why haven't those people been back to the church? And there's a ruckus about this or a ruckus about that. And yet behind the scenes, things have occurred, things have happened that the body does not know about. You know, you can't stand publicly in, in a place like this here and just start talking about people and tell about their faults, their failures, their shortcomings and, and things that they have done. Now, in general terms, I could say one reason why we've not had some ministries back, one major reason why is because the same people that were here at one time being a blessing and we were a blessing to them, Remember, we're talking about being used of God in ministry and supporting people that are in the work of the Lord. Listen. Because they would not come the next time unless we signed a contract stating that they would have $1,500 upfront money and see to it that we'd pay for this, 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 and send them to the finest hotel and, and, and all these different things. All these things had to be met. Oh, yes, but when they were here, you just loved it. You were just on fire. And I mean to tell you, you were blessed because God still honors What's going on in the service? Do you know that? And he also honors the hearts of the people. But you, you know what? Behind the scenes, the average person does not have the pastoral perspective. And they don't see, have the whole picture of things. And they have a lot of lack of information and lack of knowledge. Beloved, when I, it doesn't matter to me who the person was. If the person comes into this church and has been blessed by this church, to be quite frank about it, we gave $500 more to them than they, than they even required. And they wanted us to sign a contract with. I say, if you want to get anywhere in God, you better have some spiritual ethics. 
And I say that you better find out the churches that you've been to, and you better find out how much that they gave you, and then don't put a demand upon them to give you a certain amount of money, because what they were asking for was less than what we got, less than, than what we actually gave them. We told these people, just, just look, we want you to come. We loved your ministry, we want you to come. We will not come without a signed contract. Well, then they will not come. I said they will not come. Remember over there the story when um, Jesus was asked to go and lay his hands upon the, the, the servant's son? Jesus said, I will come. Do you think in between the lines there it said, only if you guarantee me so much money? Do you think that's written there somewhere? Let's grow up, people. Let's grow up, people. Let's begin to, to live the life that God wants us to live. You've got to have confidence in those that are in leadership. And I'll tell you something else. You also have to pray for them to be delivered from unreasonable people. Because there also will be those among your own rank that you're not even aware of that will also do a lot of things that can bring destruction to a, a local body. Beloved, that's why you can't get specific along these things. God wants us to grow up spiritually. Make note of this. The work of God requires much discipline, much humbling, and not caring about who gets the credit for the work done. The work of God requires much discipline, much humbling, and not caring who gets the credit for the things that have been done. Beloved, in a ministry, there's a lot of give and take. When you're out there on the road and you're driving to somewhere, we just recently went on vacation. We drove. We had our, our cruise, you know, cruise set on the car. And we're going 55 mile an hour down the road, about 57 or something like that. And... While you're driving in traffic that way on a turnpike, can I ask you a question? Do you think you can leave it on that 55 and just stay there and never, never put on the brake? You're in for a whole lot of trouble. There's give and take when it comes to driving. There's a lot of give and take when it comes to any work of the ministry. A lot of give and take. And there's a lot of humbling. To have loving relationships among the people of the body of Christ, there's a lot of give and take. There's a lot of humbling. And people need to humble themselves before God before they can grow up spiritually. But someone says, you don't know what they did. And everyone says, I'll not do it because you don't know what they did. Well, let me tell you something right now. It doesn't matter what either of you did. Get on your face before God. Humble yourself to one another and grow up. Oh, but I don't have my way. You don't sing the song that I want to sing anymore. Can you get off of that and get on with God and realize that God is moving and God is doing things? Be a positive influence. Be somebody that's going to move out with God and move on with God and be concerned about the glorious things that are happening. Listen, there are others that have to come in to grow up and develop spiritually. Promote that. And don't be speaking out negative things and pulling things down. You'll see a great and mighty thing happen. A great and mighty work. There's give and take, beloved. Sometimes you have to give up some things that you like so that God can continue to work and continue to move in our midst. Amen. How much time do we have here? Do we have? Hmm. Maturity is growing into the fullness of Christ. It is thinking like God thinks. It is acting like God's act, like He acts. It's speaking like God speaks. And it's reacting the way God reacts. It's getting your eyes off of people, getting your eyes off of things, and start hooking up with God and beginning to think like He thinks, speak like He thinks, act like He acts, and react like He acts in all situations. And I guarantee you, beloved, you will find yourself on the way to spiritual maturity and growth and development. Big struggle, big warfare within the local body to maintain loving relationships and grow spiritually. Now, very quick, let's end right here. Colossians chapter 1, verses 9 through 12. Real quick, we'll just, just skim through this because it's, a, it's an important part of it. This is the process of growing up spiritually. And these are steps to spiritual growth and development. 
results and steps to follow. Some understanding that we need to have. When it comes to growing up spiritually, when you grow spiritually, you'll be able to walk worthy of the Lord and the all-pleasing. Verse 9. Colossians 1.9 For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you, and the desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you might walk worthy of the Lord, unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good works, increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might, according to His glorious power, unto all patience, long suffering, with joy, but us giving thanks to the Father, which has made us able to be partakers of the heritage of the saints in light. Let's stop right there and mark down number one. These are steps, steps in spiritual growth and, and also results. Number one. Growing spiritually involves being pleasing unto God or pleasing God in all things. Walking worthy of the Lord is walking pleasing unto God. That's what it involves. And one who is growing spiritually is not concerned about pleasing self, not a man pleaser or men pleasers, concerned about pleasing others and opportunists, taking up, you know, just, just, just playing on the emotions of others and getting involved with others to, to promote themselves or for their own personal gain. But it is somebody who has grown beyond babyhood, say, looking out for the number one for self, one who is not concerned about using people to get their, what they want in life, but someone who is totally sold out and committed to pleasing God in all things. When one has this idea, the supreme interest of his own life and his own heart is to serve God and to please Him in all things. Beloved, you're on your way. I mean, you are on your way to great heights in God. And you know what the Bible says about those whose ways please God in Proverbs 16, 7? When a man's ways please the Lord, he'll cause even his enemies to be at peace with him. Don't have your ways please anybody but God. And as I said, if you'll just rid yourself of some of those things that we talked about there, don't sow discord among the brethren. Don't speak out with a negative attitude, negative motives, negative desires and all that. Speak out in support. Let, the, let your words minister the grace of God to people. And you'll be a benefit to God, the kingdom of God, to the, to, the, to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And great and mighty things will be the result for you personally. Please God in all things. Number two, you'll be fruitful in every good work. God wants us all to be productive, fruit-bearing branches in the vine, fruitful in every good work. God wants you to be fruitful. He wants me to be fruitful. There's no excuse for us not to be pleasing to God, not to be fruitful in the work of God. If we'll just abide in Him, His Word abide in us, ask what we will shall be done unto us, and we'll bear much fruit. God wants us to be fruit-bearing people. That means leading people to Jesus Christ, getting people filled with the Holy Ghost, laying hands on the sick that they can recover, and having our prayers answered in an effective way. Number three, we'll increase in the knowledge of God. That means we'll know more about the Word of Truth. If you don't commit to growing spiritually and walking worthy of the Lord, beloved, you'll not know more of God. You'll not have more of the knowledge of God, and you'll not be able to act in that knowledge. So this what it involves. It involves increasing in the knowledge of God. And that's why Paul prayed this prayer for the people. Increase in the knowledge of God as you please Him, as you choose to bear fruit, desire to bear fruit. Also, increase in the knowledge of God. Know it and live it. Number four, you'll be strengthened with all might. You'll be strong in the Lord. Strengthened with all might. Strong in the Lord. Somebody that is strengthened with all might is someone who is strong in the Lord. It is God infusing strength in their innermost being to accomplish His purposes upon this earth through your life. Beloved, we all need that. The way to have it is to walk worthy of the Lord. Be pleasing to God. Be a fruit bearer. One who produces the fruit of righteousness. Be someone who is committed to these things and you'll be strong in the Lord. Spiritually mature and strong in the Lord. And there will be that power, spiritual power from within to put you over when you face life's difficult situations. Thank God we can all attain to that and achieve, achieve that in our lives. Number five, all patience. 
What that means is we will be able to stand after all have fallen. Reminds me of the 91st Psalm. Let a thousand fall on my side, ten thousand on my right hand. It will not come nigh to me because I am one who is mature in the patience of God. Let them all fall. I'll still stand and remain standing. Thank God Almighty. That'll be a result of it. And that's a, that's a, one again, once again, a characteristic of spiritual growth development. And it's just like Joseph who stood strong when all fell. Daniel stood strong. Thank God. Young people, listen, these young people stood tall and stood strong. And the three Hebrew children, young people stood for God when all else failed and everybody else bowed. They did not bow. They stood firm, strong in the Lord. And thank God they didn't fall. And God honored them. We need more patient people. Praise God. Also, number six, long-suffering with joyfulness. Long-suffering with joyfulness. When your faith is tested, tempted, and tried, I'll tell you what, you'll have long-suffering. You'll endure it with joyfulness. Not with murmuring and complaining, but with joyfulness. Because you'll know the joy of the Lord is your strength, your fortified place. You'll go through it all, praise God, with your head up high because you know that you serve the mighty God and you know that you're walking with Him in confidence and assurance. And finally, I know we went quickly, but you'll, you'll get the gist of it. Giving thanks always to God for an abundant life. Oh, you'll be a one, of, one of thanks. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.